welcome back everybody to Brain Vomit, daily podcast of me, a clueless 23 year old trying to piece together self-identity, what life is, what we can get out of it, and hopefully in the process helping you guys discover something new that you didn't know about yourself before. And here at Brain Vomit, we like to sell, say self-reflection is king. The more you're able to identify about yourself and how you behave and why you behave that certain way, the healthier you are and the better you can cope with your emotions. So let's get right into it. In today's podcast journal, I'm going to be discussing toxic masculinity in a variety of forms, uh, but especially how I experienced it in my childhood as a young boy, how I believe uh, how I believe boys now still experience toxic masculinity and expectations of men and just kind of that struggle that boys face and a struggle that I think is not spoken about enough. And now let me clarify, I'm not trying to do a comparison like are men more oppressed than women? Like obviously, no, <laughs> women have been oppressed for years upon years in a variety of ways that have been excruciating for them and not given the same opportunities. But I do want to say that I think many times society ignores that boys also face a lot of societal pressures and expectations that are impossible to achieve. And that causes a lot of trauma and issues in men. And I think we do have a problem of ignoring that and not realizing that the boys of our society and the future men are developing a lot of issues as well. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today in this journal and kind of discuss my problems I have with dealing with emotions still and trying to get better at it, especially with other men and speaking up. So yeah, I really think this begins with emotion. And what I mean is that when you have the media, coaches, politicians, teachers, father figures, athletes, all expressing this idea that if you are emotional, if you cry, or, you know, show any sort of emotion that you're weak, that you're soft, that you're not a man, right? A man is tough at all time and takes leadership and he doesn't show any weakness because that's what a man is supposed to do. He's supposed to take charge, right? We're men. We don't show emotion. And that is insanity. That is insanity that we believe that men should not show emotion, that men to be a man quote unquote, our definition of man is someone who should lack emotion and not face their emotion. We're humans. For God's sakes, we're extremely emotional creatures. We just are. Emotions are part of who we are. It's in our makeup, our DNA. And to think that we have created a society where we tell half our population that showing emotion is wrong and weak is it's just crazy because there's so many consequences to that idea. And and I've, I've, I felt that like when I was younger, I would hold on to so much emotion. And then one day I'd finally just let loose and ball out. I just tears, tears, tears. And I know everybody's probably experienced this, but after you have a good cry, right? Five, 10 minutes of just bawling your eyes out, you feel so much better. And so I did a little research about this because I was interested why you felt so good after you cried. And the reason was because when you bottle up that sadness and that intensity, crying is like a safety valve. It opens up the waterworks and lets those emotions out literally through a physical form, lets your emotions go. So you're not holding on to them and bottling up as much. 
But now think, there's so many men and boys that say, no, no, I never cry, I never cry. But think about all the times since we are emotional that they wanted to cry or show some sense of emotion and just kept bottling up. And it's amazing to think that they never let that valve go, right? Like, it's just not healthy to hold onto those emotions that are so stressful that are bringing you anxiety and pushing them down. You need to allow yourself to feel those things and process them in certain ways. And we literally tell all these boys and men that it's wrong. And it's not just this physical emotion that is harming us, right? It's not just this idea that we're bottling up our emotions and it creates anxiety and other problems. It also is impacting our friendships and our ability to connect. And what do I mean by that? I remember in high school, sophomore year, I got into a huge fight with my dad, just screaming, shouting, saying really nasty stuff. And I just didn't want to be home that night. And it was a school week. That's how upset I was. And I left and I went to my friend's house. I slept over and he could obviously tell I was extremely upset. But I didn't talk to him about it. We didn't discuss it because I had a sense that if I expressed my sadness, how upset I was, that he would not understand maybe or more of it was that I didn't want to give him that power that if I showed emotion, I was showing my weakness so he had power over me. Like that was my my messed up train thought that a lot of men have, I think, is that, well, if I show emotion and I show my vulnerability, he's gonna be stronger than me. He's gonna know that I'm a, not a man and he's a man. This idea that there's a food chain. And by creating that food chain of, of emotional food chain that whoever shows less emotion is more of a man does not allow boys to connect. Like I wish at that time I needed that, that I could sit down with a friend that I trusted and told them, hey, I'm extremely sad. Like my dad and I have never fought like that, which is true. At the time, we had never got into such a type of fight. And so it was it's crazy looking back that I was so concerned about my power and the structure of power through emotion that I didn't help myself feel better through connecting with someone I trusted, a friend, because I didn't want to look weaker than him. And it's just wild to realized that I would give up emotionally feeling better and understanding my mental state at that moment and reflecting for a sense of power and being a man. This this label that I've been given that you want to be a man and this is what a man is. And I came to it because that's where it was all around me. And it's scary because we are allowing boys to sacrifice mental health physically by not allowing themselves to feel it and let it go and connectivity right like connections like emotionally by not allowing boys or pushing boys away from reaching out to friends and talking to them and expressing and understanding why they're feeling certain ways and kind of analyzing it like this is what this podcast is about helping you analyze how you feel why you feel and in a lot of childhoods in a lot of places in this country boys are not able to because they don't want to look weak and this is a scary thought to me because in college i remember thinking about this as we know we have a mass shooting problem here especially at high schools and i started thinking wow all mass shooters are boys or men in this country right there might be one or two exceptions but basically every single one is a boy or a man and I believe there's no research backing this up, so it, I could be completely wrong. But I think a major part of it is that we as a society don't allow these boys and men the opportunity to connect 
and express their emotions and release this anger, tension, sadness, anxiety they're feeling. And also, and so they feel stuck. I think a lot of them feel stuck, like they don't have anywhere to turn or to go to get help. And so they, they turn to extremes. And I mean, a lot of these kids are obviously sick, but that is more reason that people should be trying to help them. And I'm not excusing any of these actions. Obviously, what they've done is horrific. It should be punished. But I am saying that us as a society should start looking at us, at ourselves, right? Self-reflecting as a society. Why is it that all these boys and men turning to these drastic measures for attention, maybe? For some sort, maybe a call of help? I don't know. But I do know that we boys and men have a hard time expressing emotion. And if you're feeling sick or anxious or really sad, it does not help that we have created a society where that shows weakness because it does not allow these people to try to go and find the help they need in a healthy manner. You have to take very extreme methods to achieve some sort of attention or feeling of betterment and it's not a healthy process. Then I want to talk about the physical aspect of expressing yourself as a man or a boy it's mostly boys men are able to kind of search that but i think it's hard for boys and i want to clarify again this this is again has nothing to do with women uh women are more oppressed but women have the advantage in society for sure of fashion and what i mean by that is a woman can wear skirts can wear booty shorts, can wear jeans, can wear sneakers that are usually considered more manly, right? Kind of these more manly clothed options that were designated for men, for men. But now women have accessed it and have all this variety of wardrobe options that they can compile together to kind of put in their look. And as I've expressed before, I believe uh, expression through clothing it's huge it really helps your identity and sense of self but we boys are not afforded that luxury right maybe in some cases it's uh, and in some cities it's a little bit more accepted but i think overall around the country if a boy decided to go to high school or middle school in a skirt or let's say leggings he would get bullied he'd get teased he'd get made fun of but even if he felt like that's how he wanted to dress he wouldn't be able to because it's just not accepted in society. Men should not wear female clothes because, again, I think it's a, a status thing that you're less of a man then. You're not as strong. You are not what we quote unquote would call a man. But that's difficult because if you feel like this is how you want to express yourself or it's something that you enjoy through a skirt or some type of more feminine colors or wardrobe, you can't because you will get attacked. Again, this is another example that men are not able, and especially boys, are not able to self-reflect and analyze how they feel about how they, how they want to do things or how they want to dress or how they feel because it's prescribed to them. This is how a man behaves. And when it comes to emotion and physical representation of self, men are very locked into a very tight box. And I think it's very difficult and it can be very unhealthy. For me, it's very, it was very unhealthy. I feel like I was, I struggled to connect with my friends on an emotional level. I feel like I never got to create a fashion I wanted because I was afraid of pushing the boundaries. I'd never, like I said before, I didn't want to be standing out. So it's just something as a society we need to reflect and work on. And then what really inspired this topic 
at the end of the day was the word love. And in the United States, the word love, it has so many meanings for so many situations. And it's just not good. It's just not good enough, in my opinion, to have one word for all the different loves that exist. And you might have heard of this before because it's gotten out before because I think a lot of people hold this opinion. But the Greeks had six words for love, six different meanings of the word love. That's right. They had six. So I want to run them down with you really quick, kind of explain each one and you can think about it and kind of process each one. So first we have eros, which is sexual passion. Then we have philia which is deep friendships, brothers in arm. Third is ludus, which is playful love. You can think that is like when two kids are playing, enjoying each other's company. You have agape, which is love for everyone. And that was translated into Latin to caritas, which then we used as a word for charity. Then in fifth, you have pragma, which is long-lasting love, and that is establishing long-term relationships. You can think about your grandparents who've been married 60 years or a friendship that's lasted through, through time. And then finally, we have philatia, and that's love of self. And I bring these definitions of love up because as I talked about with my last podcast about being better with my friendships, I've been trying to also express my emotions to my friends more and tell them how much I care and love about and love them. And so after the other day, we, I was getting off the call with one of my friends. And so I went and I told them, you know, I love you. And he uh, looked at me kind of weird and started stuttering and uh, whispered it back to me. But it was a very awkward and uncomfortable moment. And I think what it was is that our word of love is so associated and connected to the word eros, right? That kind of sexual passion or that deep or that deep connection of a long lasting relationship, which is pragma. So when I'm telling my friends and this has happened multiple occasions now, I've realized is that when I tell them I love them, they kind of squirm because I think they're thinking that I want to dine them and wine them and take them back to my apartment. Even if it's just for a second in the back of their head, that is the connotation that comes from our word of love is that it's very sexual in nature. It's very in that sense of love. And I think that our narrow view and our limited description of love is harming us in the manner that we're not able to express love and connect with other people that are not our direct partners in life. And I want to be able to tell my friends, hey, I care about our friendship. I love our friendship. Like, this is amazing. Thank you. Without it having to be awkward and uncomfortable because they thinking that I want to sleep with them. Uh, so, yeah, I think we, we need to figure out how to develop more words of love and apply them just as the Greeks did. I think that's genius and it only makes sense considering there is so many figures of love and how love presents itself. And so that's going to do it for today's podcast journal, Pernal. Uh, thanks for joining me again. And today's question is, how have these ideas of being a quote unquote man impacted your childhood or manlyhood at this moment and how have you coped with that or how has it impacted you and for any women listening 
have you seen men in your family experience toxic masculinity or you yourself been a target of their toxic masculinity because of the emotions they have been told to suppress how has that revolved around your life or your childhood and how have you coped with it anyways thank you so much i really appreciate it to anybody out there listening have a wonderful day and peace